episode 93 of the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network. Sean St. Jacques back here with you for the week of Knicks and NBA talk. Tough week. Oof. Tough week for the Knicks. It's, I, I feel like it's been a, not a while, I guess, but I, this is the first time all season, I think, where I've been frustrated, genuinely frustrated, after a week of Knicks basketball. And we'll get to a lot of that on the show today. First and foremost, hope you're doing well. Hope you're having a good week uh, with everything that continues to go on. Hope you're getting vaccinated. Hope you're staying healthy. Hope you're doing everything you can to stay safe, but also enjoy yourself as well. Later on in the show, later on in the show, this seems to be one of the, like, I, since I started this podcast, or since I joined this podcast network, this site, the NBA draft has probably been the topic you guys like talking with me the most. I think there's enough of a sample size as we're on episode 93 and we're down the couple blocks down from the old century mark on this show. Um, you guys really like talking NBA draft. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about the upcoming draft later on in the show. It's our first 2021 draft talk, and we'll finish up the show with that. But first, we're going to talk a really rough week for the Knicks overall. And I, I kind of had a little bit of an inkling that at some point we would have to talk about this. We would have to, we'd have this conversation with this Knicks team. It, it, it's how we have these conversations with many teams in sports, many teams in the NBA, many teams in general. There's a crossroads that a team reaches. And so many teams in so many sports, almost every year, will reach this point. The Knicks have reached this point, which is they're good. They've been good enough where we can consider them a contender. But now they need to take the next step. Now, I did not, you know, if we're talking beginning of the season. It's important to keep this with the Knicks specifically in perspective. Coach Thibodeau was coming in. That was exciting. But I think everyone still had low expectations. It's the Knicks, right? We weren't sure how it was going to look. We had to raise our expectations as the season went on. The impressive wins over, over the Bucks, over the Celtics. Impressive performances on the road. Julius Randle becoming an all-star. Emmanuel quickly becoming one of the better rookies in the Eastern Conference. The addition of Derrick Rose the great contributions from Nerland's Noel, the development of R.J. Barrett. Things have happened to change the expectations of this Knicks team. To now, we're sitting here on April 9th with a little over a month of the season to play. And we are disappointed with a Knicks team coming off a week where they lost to two really good teams. So keep that in perspective where I start before I start the rest of this conversation. The Knicks have to take stock in what's happened this season and have to remember the development they've gone through. 
But they also have to remember, and Tom Thibodeau, this is the... This is one of the reasons that I'm not overly concerned about this, but it, we still have to have the conversation. Tom Thibodeau probably, he knows. He knows this team is at a place where now you look at where they need to go from here, right? It's probably already stirring around in his head. What's next for this team? Well, what's next for this team is consistently beating the better teams in the NBA or consistently, you know, being a contender, you know, finishing this season off, getting to the playoffs, and then building on this. The Knicks, as it stands right now, because they've lost two in a row, we'll get into the games in particular, but they're now in the eighth spot, one game ahead of the Indiana Pacers, a game and a half ahead of of the Chicago Bulls, who are in the 10th spot. That's the final playoff spot this season. And then they are four and a half games up on the team that's just outside right now of the playoffs, the Toronto Raptors. So as as far as the Knicks making the playoffs, they're in in good shape. They're a game and a half back of the coveted sixth seed, which dodges the first round games. That's currently occupied by the Miami Heat, who are playing the Lakers as we speak. The bigger crossroads conversation here for this season, and I want to that's where I'm really going with this. The Knicks this Knicks 2021 season, 2020-2021 NBA season, has hit a crossroads. Is this team going to feel the playoffs are enough? This Nick team, this Nick franchise has been Oh my gosh, so hungry for playoff basketball, like you would never believe. Is that good enough for this Knicks season, or can this Knicks team get to the level we think they can and beat some of these better teams in the playoffs? This week really put that conversation in my head a lot. The last two games in particular really rammed that down in my head. I was really, I'm like, I have to lead the show with this. I can't really, you know, the games have been too poetic to this conversation where the Knicks play so well and then they let it go at the end. And it's happened a lot. It's happened multiple times against the better teams this season And it's, again, we talked about the Timberwolves game last episode where the Knicks had two chances to put the Timberwolves away, who are terrible. They didn't do it. So, again, we can talk macro during the offseason. I feel like like talking, say, well, the Knicks need a star. The Knicks need this. The Knicks need that. They can't do anything. The trade deadline is passed. We're talking about this season and what the Knicks can do this season. I feel like we'll talk about the offseason. I'm even giving you a little draft at the end of this episode. And we're a couple months out from the lottery. But I'm giving you a little draft because I know you guys love the draft. But I'm saying this about this Knicks season. They have reached this team's fork in the road. They're staring it right in the face. Can this team elevate their game and be as good as we think they can be and really 
you know, beat these teams potentially in the playoffs and in a seven game series? Or is making the playoffs enough, ending the playoff drought, and then maybe making it into the, you know, getting out of the playoff play in round or whatever they're calling it, and then that's enough? You know, is the is making the playoffs for this team enough? That's what's staring them in the face right now. It's kind of been in the background at times this season. I've even said it. It's like, hey, you know, if they make the playoffs, this is huge. And it is. It is. But for this team in particular, with the way we know they can play, that's when you look at the bigger picture and you think can they you know can they get to that to that place where they are winning series against some good teams if not better teams can this team do it in particular this week obviously four games for the Knicks they went one and three the Mavericks game in particular was a tough one to swallow because I I well listen all three losses this week are not pretty. We'll get well let's let's preface the whole conversation by saying that. We'll get to the one bright spot, but the, the the three losses are not good. As far as, you know, getting towards that beating the better teams debate. They face a pretty solid, you know, contender in the West in Dallas at home. Luka went off. And really, despite keeping everybody else in check as far as the starting lineups were concerned, the Knicks were actually bit by the by the Maverick bench. Former Nick Tim Hardaway and Jalen Brunson combined for 29 off the bench. That was the difference in the game. Besides, besides Luke, I mean, KP had a tame night for the most part. Didn't even get a double-double. And nobody else really shined for the Mavericks. That was it. But... The Knicks, again, listen, Alec Burks off the bench was great, 20 points. Reggie Bullock, 13, and then Julius Randle, again, two rebounds shy of a triple-double. But despite that overall good performance, 5 of 20 from the field. And we can talk about him a little bit in a second. And then 5 turnovers, which look even worse when you're not shooting the basketball particularly well from the field and it it you know to rub salt in the wound one of seven from deep which is i think one of the worst shooting percentages julius randall's had all year from downtown now to be fair 11 assists again huge but the shooting way off from you know a guy that's going to be vital to how this next season turns out mavs win it behind a 10 point advantage in the fourth 99 86 Knicks then again battered a really bad Pistons team on the road this was a no contest as they would say Julius Randle got back on track 29 points Reggie Bullock had his probably his best game of the year 22 points 6 of 10 from deep RJ Barrett had 14 points Alfred Payton was even solid 11 points 9 assists and then the Knicks just emptied the bench. It was a flood of Knicks bench play in this game, as you'd expect. Quickly had 12. Gibson had 11 and 5 rebounds. A couple of steals, a couple of blocks. Obi Toppin even got in on it. Had a couple of nice plays, a couple of nice dunks, 8 points. Derek Rose off the bench, 7 points in 21 minutes. It was good to just see him back on the floor. 
Knicks, I mean, from the get-go, destroyed the Pistons. The telling quarter was the first quarter. Knicks outscored Detroit 41-15 to and won 125-81. to I believe the first quarter and the, the total score, highest point totals in the quarter and score uh, this season... Definitely the highest margin this season. Point total, actually, that might not be right. But the the margin of victory, margin of, uh, you know, quarter in the first quarter. And I think 41 points in the first quarter is one of the higher ones for the Knicks this season as well. It was a great bounce back victory that the Knicks really needed at the time. They got back to 500. Basically, what I'm saying is, statistically and eye test, one of the best Knicks performances of the season. But it's against Detroit, who stinks. So you're thinking, what are they going to do at Brooklyn? Right? This was a big, big game, I felt like, because the Knicks felt they let it, they let it, you know, they got unlucky with the Brooklyn game last time on the on the bad call against Julius Randle where they called a travel after Kyrie had knocked it out of his hands. And again, the Knicks, the Knicks caught a break. Kevin Durant could have been available for this game. There was a potential he was going to come back. He didn't. And then James Harden only played four minutes in this game for Brooklyn. But Kyrie Irving did play. He had 40 points and seven assists in the game. Double figures off the bench. Release Johnson, 23 big points, I thought, from Jeff Green. And then Joe Harris knocked down a couple of trays, had 16 points, 8 rebounds. It was just enough for Brooklyn to eke it out. And, and honestly, grand sc- again, listen, R.J. Barrett, 22 points. I thought he was pretty solid in the game. Reggie Bullock had, had another really strong performance, 21 points on 5 of 10 from deep. And Julius Randle was was phenomenal. Triple-double, 19-15-12. But struggled a little bit from the field, more, more, more along the lines of the three-point line. Didn't knock down a three. And had five turnovers, but was crucial in the game. But again, the Knicks down the stretch. Well, before we get to the fourth quarter, the third quarter, the Knicks really had another big opportunity to build on a first-half lead and did not do it. Knicks played well in the first quarter, played even better in the second quarter, and had a 10-point lead going into half. They gave it all back in the third. So again, we can talk about the fourth quarter, but the Knicks had it. The Knicks were there to put Brooklyn to bed in the third quarter, and they didn't do it. That came back to haunt the Knicks in the fourth more than anything. Brooklyn took a one-point lead into the fourth, and the Knicks really only had themselves to blame. I, I really felt like they had a really big chance to extend the lead and then kind of slowly but surely anaconda Brooklyn in the fourth and just squeeze the life out of them, and they did not take that chance. So when the, And again, in the fourth, if you give Kyrie Irving a chance in the fourth... To put you away, he's going to take it. We can talk all the crap we want about Kyrie Irving. He will kill you in the fourth if you give him a chance. 
And the Knicks gave Brooklyn multiple chances in the fourth quarter to basically saying, all right, Brooklyn beat us. And they did. So very disappointing, very disappointing loss really was. And again, shocker, Kyrie Irving was massive in the fourth quarter. Massive. And down the stretch, listen, the Knicks, again, the Knicks kept it tight in the fourth, but Kyrie Irving put them away. That was the difference. Now, listen, I give Alec Burks a lot of credit, made a clutch three with 26 seconds to go. That was a massive shot. But Reggie Bullock commits the foul with 3.7 seconds to go. That's the frustrating part of all this. The Knicks still had a chance to win. Still had an opportunity to win the game at the end. And they didn't take it. It came down to a Julius Randle pull-up that would have sent the game to overtime. Knicks got a second chance. Didn't take it. And Brooklyn got it in the end. 114 to 112. And the one the one stat that boggles my mind because the games have been so close. Actually, you know what? Let me save that because there's one more game we got to get to. There's one more game we got to get to. Um, That's arguably more frustrating than... Uh, then then the, the Nets loss, and that's the loss at Boston to follow it up. I this this felt like a game going in where I felt like the Knicks could bounce back. You know, Boston's been, I mean, the definition of Jekyll and Hyde this season. You don't you don't really really don't know what Boston team you're going to get night in and night out. And that's telling in their record. Julius Randle again. Jack of all trades performance, 22-9-6 assists, three steals, one block. Only had three turnovers. And there has been talk that Julius Randle is is hitting a bit of a slump. I, I think the biggest thing that, the, the telling part of that for me is his field goal percentage. It has been inefficient the last few games. No question about it. The stats are still there, but he's been much more inefficient from the field and 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 at times has has let the Knicks down late in games. No question. But I think he's still giving you that production that, that you need to, you know, for the other Knicks to kind of jump on his back kind of a deal. He's still giving you all he's got out there. So my, my thought is, hey, he's going to work his way out of this. That's my thought. I know there's still, you know, there's still a month and, a month and change left in the regular season. That's my hope is that Julius Randle, again, it's, it's not like he's consistently going 9 of 23 and not giving you 20 points. He's still giving you the numbers for the most part. Specifically this week, again, he's he's giving you all he's got out there. And I think that that's going to be, I think that's going to even itself out. So I'm not as worried about that as I'm about the Knicks defensively at times in the fourth quarter or the third quarter. It's, it's always seems like it's, we, we talked about this. It's that one quarter where the Knicks can't get it done. And it costs them late in the game. But in the Boston game, listen, it was not Julius Randle's fault. He put, did his best he could. And R.J. Barrett was sensational. 29 points on 10 of 14 from the field. 
Off the bench again, Derek Rose, despite his inefficiency, had 11 points, three assists. Could have used a little bit more from Alec Burks, I think, in this game, but still had eight points, eight rebounds. Didn't get as many shots as he would normally get, and a quiet day for Emmanuel quickly, Obi Toppin, and again, solid defensive performance from Taj Gibson, no question about that. Can't look at the offensive totals with him. You're lucky to get those. He'll, he'll bring it defensively. But again, the Knicks had the game in their hands in the fourth quarter. It, it, the opportunity was there for the Knicks to win this game. Really, I mean, a huge momentum boost. It really would have been something if the Knicks would have gone again into Boston and beaten the Celtics again this season. But listen, to be fair to the Celtics, they hit a couple of clutch shots. Marcus Smart hit a big three with four and a half to go that gave Boston the lead, a lead that they didn't let go of until R.J. Barrett knocked down a big three with 40, was it 54 seconds left? That tied the game. A huge shot. But then Marcus Smart answered 20 seconds later with a, a, a big three of his own. And the Knicks did not recover from that. Final 20 seconds, the Celtics did give the, again, the Knicks a little bit of hope with a missed Jalen Brown free throw. But Jalen Brown then blocked an Alec Burks floater on the other end that basically put the game to bed. The game was essentially over. What makes it look a you know a little bit tighter? I mean, Alfred Payton does make a big three with six and a half seconds left. Tatum makes both free throws, and then Barrett makes a a three that really didn't matter in the end to make it a two point game. And the Boston Celtics walk out with a 101-99 win. And again, it just felt like a felt like another game where the Knicks let it slip away. A game where the Knicks really could have had it in their grasps in the fourth quarter and dictated how the game finished and they did not get it done. I'm going to take a break here because I'm over the, the time here a little bit. We'll talk more about this at the, uh, at the second half of the show. Then we'll talk NBA draft as well, but more on the crossroads for this Knicks team in 2020, 2021 coming up next on the shock shock Knicks podcast on the posting and toasting podcast network. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I, I could have talked for an hour, that first segment, about the Knicks. I really could have. I, I had to take the break. <laughs> we'll talk more NBA draft and get into that, uh, our first 2021 NBA draft talking sesh here to finish the show. But let me quickly get through the rest of this Knicks, my Nick thoughts here, because I, I the last two losses in particular have just been gut punches for the Knicks. Obviously, the Brooklyn one hurts because... You had an opportunity in the third to put the game away again, and the Knicks don't take it. 
The one against Boston hurts because you had the lead going into the fourth and and you get a couple of gut punch late threes from Marcus Smart. And again, the Knicks just don't execute in the late game situation with the Burks floater and then the, you know, not taking advantage, uh, a couple with not taking advantage of the Jalen Brown missed free throw. And, and then, you know, the... Just, I, I almost feel like the, the lack of sharpness at times defensively in in big situations. And it's a hump that the Knicks have to get over. Or, I don't know, is it a crossroads? Is it a hump? Does it matter? I, I don't know. But it's something that this Knicks team has to address if they want to go from good to great. Settle for the playoffs being, being good enough this season or trying to make some noise in the playoffs. And I get it. You know, Derek Rose has to get integrated back into this lineup. I totally understand that. I get that Julius Randle's not playing his best right now, but he's still giving you pretty good numbers night in and night out. He had a triple-double the other night. So I, he's still playing at times like an all-star. He's just trying to, you know, get that consistency back. And I think he will find it sooner rather than later. It's a whole team issue here. You know, the entire team mentally has got to be ready for these big games. And again, to be fair to Brooklyn, you weren't even facing their best team. Kyrie, Kyrie beat you by himself basically with 40. And then you had Jeff Green and Joe Harris doing the rest. James Harden played four minutes and the Knicks, I, 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 I don't know if the Knicks compete with the Nets with Kevin Durant in there. I'm not so sure. But then again, not many NBA teams could compete with the Nets if they're, you know, clicking on all cylinders with KD, Kyrie, and Harden in there. So I'm trying not to be too harsh because I get it. The Knicks have overachieved a lot this season. But now there's an opportunity in front of this Knicks team to go from being good to being great. And on top of that, you know, again, the Knicks are the Knicks, as far as trying to get better, are doing two things really well. They're developing the younger talent, and the guys that have been mainstays are making massive contributions. That's going to look good for free agents. That's going to look good for guys getting picked in the draft. So the Knicks can continue to build this team, but now the players that are on this team have to realize. This team will get better if we keep playing like this. Do we, you know, can you know, can we earn our spot of being part of that team when they take another step? You know, if the Knicks do get a star at some point this offseason, that's going to impact these guys on the roster as what, well, you know, if they're going to continue to be part of this team or as big of a part as they currently are moving forward. So there's that part too that you have to start thinking about if you're on if you're on the Knicks. But more importantly, the inconsistency against the better teams, specifically of late, is going to kill the Knicks if they don't address it come playoff time. It's going to kill them. It's going to absolutely be their kryptonite in the playoffs if they don't address it. I think it's part of a, I think part part of it's a mental thing. Getting over that hump, beating a really good team when they're at full strength. 
Because again, to be fair, one of those Bucks wins was basically against their B-plus team. They, they, they did not have a lot of their stars available. But you still got to win. I get it. You still got to take advantage of it. And the Knicks more than did that. But now, for this season, and again, I mentioned it a little bit. Next season will be next season. Will the Knicks improve? What will they do in free agency? We'll talk a little bit about the draft. Again, whether the Knicks will add a star and all that, we've talked about it a little bit. That's for the offseason. It doesn't impact this season's team. There's still over a month to go in this season. What is this Knicks team? What is this Knicks team's legacy going to be? The team that, you know, yeah, got it, got it, got them back to the playoffs and then that was it. Or the team that got the Knicks back to the playoffs and got the Knicks back on the NBA map. That's what's in front of this Knicks team. Planting the Knicks flag back down into the dirt. And saying, no, 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 we're not just here to be back in the playoffs. We're back to being contenders in this conference and being contenders in this league. That's what's back on the table for the New York Knicks organization. And they've earned that. They've earned that opportunity with the good decisions they've made. Now the crossroads is, can they take advantage of it? Can they make the next step with the team they've got right now? Because again, Tom Thibodeau said it. At the trade deadline, I love this team. I'm sticking with this team. These are my guys. We're going into the playoffs with this team. We're going to go for the playoffs, go into the playoffs, and compete in the playoffs with this team. That's what that was. That's what he was telling you at the deadline. If we can make a move, fine. We'll think about it. But I, I'm fine. I like the team. This team can win in the playoffs. That's what he's telling you when he says that. Because that's what, the, that's what the trade deadline's for. Making the moves that you hope will make a difference in the playoffs. Or down the stretch in a regular season. Can the Knicks players back up Tom Thibodeau's loyalty with them? I'm, I'm excited to find out. Because I, I think this Knicks team can do it. I do. They've shown enough, more than enough signs. But the games against Brooklyn... The games against Boston, the game against Dallas, those are the kind of games the Knicks have to start winning if they want to take the next step. The stat that I that I was going to say last segment that I held off till now to say is this. In the Knicks division, you have the Sixers, the Celtics, the Nets, and the Raptors. In the in the in division play this season, the Knicks are one and eight. One and eight. That's it. They've got one win, and it was that memorable win in Boston. So it's a good win, right? But one and eight. One and eight. And if you look at those nine games, and I did, the games against Boston, the games against the Nets. And the games against the Sixers in particular. Tight, tight games. All of them tight. Really tight. One possession tight. And the Knicks have lost all of them. That's a mental issue that this Knicks team has to get over. 
That's a hurdle the Knicks have to clear if they want to take that next step with this team. And if the Knicks want to make noise in the NBA playoffs, that's the road they have to choose to go down. If they want to make it a memorable postseason return for the New York Knicks organization. All right, let's talk some NBA draft. You guys have been so supportive of the draft content this podcast puts out. I mean, I was looking back at some of the older episodes. I I, I don't have the metrics in front of me. I don't, I don't know the show stuff all the time as far as numbers on the, off the top of my head. But the drafts, the draft shows must be some of the most listened to shows. They have to be. Because you guys are hitting me up all the time it feels like even when i'm not talking draft on the show asking me about the draft so we're gonna give you a little draft talk at the end of the show because we have some uh, some time left here to talk nba draft 2021 nba draft for the next will be tom thibodeau's second draft in charge leon rose's second draft as next team president it's pretty exciting. Listen, the draft is going to be on July 19th. It's going to be, sorry, July 29th, pardon me, July 29th in Brooklyn at Barclays. Um, so I'm excited. You know, there, there should be people in the building by then. That should be a pretty cool thing to look forward to 100%. And the draft lottery, I believe, is on June 22nd. So to be fair, we are a little over two months away. So it's, it, it's a little around the corner, but it's coming up. You know, it's it, it's definitely something that Knicks fans will be looking forward to. So at the time of recording, if I remember correctly, let me I might have to look this back up, but I believe the Knicks have four draft picks as it stands right now. And that is the case. So they have two first-rounders at the moment, and the Knicks also have two second-rounders at their disposal right now. So I've looked at a few mock drafts. I've looked around talk with a few people about this mostly you know either fellow fans or a couple of people that you know from my days covering college basketball uh you know to be fair i I still do it on and off but it's one of those things where i just i like you know just just to say who's talking who who fits who you know who could fit where who's going to go to the draft who might not go to the draft stuff like that right now the knicks aren't you know again for a team that's going to probably make the playoffs this year Pretty good positioning for some of these picks. Right now, the Knicks have the 17th pick in the draft, the 20th pick in the draft, and then the Knicks have a couple of second-round picks at 32, so the second pick of the first round, and they also have a late second-round pick in that 46th spot as well. So the Knicks could really, you know, either grab a lot of talent here or, again, this is the other thing, with four picks... I would definitely not put it past the Knicks organization to trade up in this draft potentially, which could be very worthwhile with who's at the top or trade those picks to get somebody from another team that could be a game changing talent. So that's already worth looking forward to for this Knicks team. And again, we're talking in early April here, so we don't, so much can change, but considering who's available considering where the knicks could go with these picks right now it's 17 multiple mock drafts have the knicks taking a one-and-done player out of arizona state named josh christopher who is a 6-5 shooting guard pretty talented guy that could be an interesting addition to the knicks uh backcourt with the 20th pick 
The Knicks, the couple mock drafts have the Knicks going international with that pick. Listen, for me, right off the bat, and to be fair, let me start with this. For those, again, since this is the first time we're talking about the draft this year, and again, we're not going to dive too deep. But right now, if you're looking at the top five, who's there? Who's available? Who Who's going to be the marquee names? Once again, it looks like Minnesota is or Detroit. One of them is likely going to have the number one pick. Again, the draft lottery could totally change all of that. But those are the two at the moment who we're looking at as the best chance. For me, there's really only two choices. And it's a 1A and then a lot of space and then the 1B. Because these are two very good one-and-done guys. But I would really rather have one over the other. But the other guy is really good too. You just can't knock him. And the 1A, for me, the, the runaway number one pick is Cade Cunningham, the kid out of Oklahoma State, who, to be fair, we didn't get to see a lot of in the NCAA tournament because his, his, uh, his cowpokes, the Cowboys, got knocked out in the second round. But... He's a talent. Oh my. If you've watched Oklahoma State basketball this season, you are well aware of how good Cade Cunningham is. The second pick is a guy you might have seen a little bit more of in the NCAA tournament. A kid from USC. Very likely going to be this second pick too. I think a lot of teams love him. Seven-footer from the Trojans, Evan Mobley. So I, I think you look at Mobley and Cunningham as your two guys right now. So I, I think those are the two, those are your top two picks. Other guys to look out to after uh, after Mobley and Cunningham, Jalen Suggs, out of Gonzaga, could hit the crazy shot to send the Zags to the title game. And then of course they lost to the champions, Baylor by 16 in the title game in Indianapolis. Then there's a couple of G League guys being thrown around as well. Jalen Green, Jonathan Kaminga, that didn't go the college route. So they, they, this, is the, this is the G League's program having some influence here, potentially in the first round. Then Scotty Barnes out of Florida State's want to look at Moses Moody out of Arkansas. I, I kind of like Keon Johnson out of Tennessee. Then the Zags have another kid as well, senior Corey Kispert, who's kind of a shooting guard forward, 6'7 guy, kind of could go both positions. Pretty good ball handler, pretty athletic. I would say as well, and a really good shooter. Has a lot of tools as well. And then Kai Jones, a center out of Texas. Boy, those Longhorns know how to sh- how to bring out those big guys. Um, despite having, they're going to go through a coaching change this offseason, but Kai Jones is extremely, extremely talented. Now, where are the Knicks looking? Where are the Knicks looking where they're picking at the moment? I think for me, I think you still got to look point guarded somewhere, somewhere in this draft. I know Quickly's a guy... That you can definitely look at. But if you're not happy with Alfred Payton, you want to upgrade there. Multiple options in the first round for the Knicks to look at. Obviously, Josh Giddy from Australian International guy. Knicks are linked with him a little bit, according to mock drafts. I don't know if that's a situation the Knicks will look to go to. For me, there's, there's a couple of guys in the Knicks range. Again, unless you want to trade up, because again, Davion Mitchell from Baylor is a guy you'd probably have to trade up for. Another point guard you would definitely have to trade up for is Jalen Suggs. Um, Cade Cunningham is a totally different conversation. But then, then, the, the first guy I think of in the Knicks range that I would highly consider is Ayo DeSumo from Illinois. 
Now, for me, if if you're if you live in the tri-state area, you're probably if you're and you're watching college basketball, there's a very good chance you're watching one of three conferences. You're watching the ACC, you're watching the Big East, or you're watching the Big Ten. If you have watched Illinois this season, they're one of the best teams during the regular season in college basketball. Io Dusumu was one of the best players in college basketball this season and is a perfect fit for the Knicks. I, I feel like if the Knicks have a chance and they don't trade or, or you know, they don't move very much here, Io Dusumu is, is, you have to consider taking him. You have to consider him in this draft. I, I would be shocked if the Knicks didn't. Another guy to look at as well. Not sure he's going to stay in this position. Could move a little further down. Providence is David Duke. Now, I'm not so sure that I would take him only because I think if quickly continues to develop, I think you can do better than David Duke. I really do. But he's an option. Definitely somebody to keep in mind. He was a little inconsistent at times during Big E's play with the Friars, but a lot of upside for David Duke. A third guy. We go back to the Zags well here. They've got a ton of really good talent potentially coming out this year. Joel Ayayi from the Zags. He's a junior. Could go back to school if he wanted to, but could be a late first rounder. Another combo guard the Knicks could look at here. 6'5", really good ball handler, fantastic passer of the ball, good athlete. I, I think he's another option there the Knicks could definitely be looking at as we get closer to the draft second round I, I really like where the knicks are positioned second pick of the of the of the second round can do a lot with this pick you could trade it you could take somebody i i i the knicks are really nicely positioned in the second round with 32 and 46 at their disposal people have the knicks taking maybe an isaiah jackson a big man out of kentucky maybe a sophomore combo guard alan flanagan dj stewart from mississippi state another kind of shooting guard small forward option as well trey mann is a point guard option here as well and one of my favorite guys in the draft combo guard jared butler another baylor guy a national champion so there's those options if you're looking guard wise chris duarte is a combo guard out of oregon definitely another option for the Knicks to look at as well. Then, when you kind of look a little bit further down, where the Knicks are at 46, definitely still some guard options here. No question about that. I, I think Terrence Clark out of Kentucky is an interesting one. A couple of G League guys here as well, uh, in Knicks and Todd, a guard and a forward respectively, who you could possibly look at from that G League program. And then, honestly, there's a couple of bigs that you would probably think about if you would keep this pick. The Knicks could obviously look into Jericho Sims, a power forward out of uh, out of Texas. He's a senior. And then uh, Ayo Desumu's teammate is, is uh, the Robin to his Batman, Kofi Coburn, a sophomore senior uh, beast out of Illinois. So he, And he's a seven-footer. So if you're worried maybe about Mitchell Robinson's injuries, you know, maybe that's a way to go in the second round and give Kofi Coburn a chance to prove himself at the next level as well. Honestly, after that, again, there's a couple of options here for the Knicks that they're probably not going to get the opportunity. They're, not, they're probably not going to be in this area. 
But you look at maybe a John Petty out of Alabama, an Aaron Henry out of Michigan State, guys that just do a lot of things well. Mac McClung, who could go back to school, by the way, um, but looks like he'll, he'll be going to the draft. Who knows? We'll have to see. He's a combo guard out of Texas Tech, formerly Georgetown. And then Marcus Garrett. Uh, finally, you know, we always seemingly have to get a Duke or a Kansas reference in. Guy from Kansas, a combo guard, a senior. So what I love so far right now, the outlook for the Knicks in this draft, a ton of options, a ton Four picks, you could trade some of them to get, you know, either a higher pick in the draft or a star from another team potentially as part of a deal, or you've got a ton of talent to choose from, from a pretty solid looking draft class, almost no matter where you look. And the Knicks are in really good position right now to capitalize on the draft. So that's our little nugget, a little starter for you looking ahead to the 2021 draft. But obviously the Knicks have a lot of business to deal with right now in the present that's on hand in front of us to deal with right now looking forward to that and then i'm looking forward to talking more draft with you guys as we get closer to june with the draft lottery and then of course july for the actual draft but right now the next playoff chase continues and i'm looking forward to talking about that moving forward as the season winds down that's going to do it for this week's episode of the Shock Shock Knicks podcast. Guys, thank you so much, as always, for listening to the show. You guys are the best. Have a great week, and I'll see you guys next time on the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network.